Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two brand new episodes for you. In the first, I was joined by Christine Barnhart for this month's episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series. Christine was a presenter and a winner of this year's Supply and Demand Chain Executive Women in Supply Chain Award. And Christine is a great friend. We talked a lot about what it's like in her career, what she has done in her career, how she went from engineering to now being head of marketing, like chief, chief, chief marketing for a company called Newlogy and what she has done in between. She spent a lot of time at Whirlpool and that's how she got into supply chain. We also talked about how we lift each other up. How do we support each other? How do we invest in each other? And so, so much more. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. So if you did not check it out last week, then go and check it out on Let's Talk Supply Chain wherever you listen to the show. And the second of last week's new show was this one's episode of Blended. And we were brave because we talked about the very controversial topic of cancel culture. What does it mean? Why are we hearing so much about it these days? And is it actually something we need to be scared of? Or is it just plain old media scaremongering? The panel and I shared our thoughts, and I think we did a pretty good job of not getting ourselves canceled. Well, you can catch up on either of last week's unmissable shows over at letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. Women in Supply Chain was episode 380, and Blended was episode 3. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain.
Oh, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Last month on the show, we showcased a recent episode of Thoughts and Coffee, and it was so much fun. We're doing it again. And on this episode, I was joined by a good friend of the show. She's featured on our Woman in Supply Chain series previously. She's VP and Supply Chain Strategist at Sleep Number Corporation and... She's passionate about sustainability and improving lives. But who is she? Well, I'll reveal it all after the poll of the week. So the question we asked you, are you a dot, 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 coffee person, tea person, vanilla oat espresso person, or other? Now, we had over 500 votes, or sorry, just under 500 votes. 76% of you said coffee, 17% of you said tea, and 3% of you said vanilla oat espresso. Justin talks about having being a protein shake person, and Lennox talks about being an ice shaken espresso with oat milk and a splash of vanilla sweet cream. Wow, that sounds amazing. Heather says tea and only tea. Lisa Fenton says water. Jim says diet Coke. And Tom is like, what exactly is an oat espresso? Marie says coffee as long as there is lactose-free oat or soy milk. I am totally with you except for I would need coconut milk. Diane says brown sugar shaken espresso with oat milk. Look at all these oat milk people coming out. David says tea. Maureen says tea. Jennifer says coffee or tea. Well, thank you so much to everybody who came out and weighed in on the question of the week. We, You know that we ask you a question every single Wednesday morning across our LinkedIn and Instagram. So go and check it out. Be part of the conversation and uh, you could be featured on an upcoming episode. So now back to today's episode and which amazing woman in supply chain joined me for this episode of Thoughts and Coffee? Well, it was the super talented Ashley Yentz. Ashley and I really got into some of the ways organizations can level up, create visibility, achieve agility, and drive sustainability in the supply chain. And we had fun looking back and reflecting on which of the big trends for 2023 came to fruition and which ones did not. But before you listen, why not have a guess at which ones we might have covered? So grab that essential cup of joe, tea, water, whatever it is, and prepare to dive into failed predictions, bananas, and a supercharged supply chain. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Thoughts and Coffee. One of these days, I'm going to get that countdown right. I think that's happened to me a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. And I apologize for the sun. I think it's like peeking out behind the building that's in front of me. And uh, that didn't happen about 30 seconds ago. Anyways, I hope that you're all having a great week. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey. I'm the founder and host of Let's Talk Supply Chain, the Blended Podcast, as well as the Blended Pledge. And I am coming at you live from Atlanta because I am here for the Woman in Supply Chain Forum. Let's Talk Supply Chain and Blended Pledge are... Um we are the sponsors. We're the key sponsors for the event. We're coming together for women in supply chain. We're also coming together for diverse voices. And I'm super excited to see everybody this afternoon and tomorrow. And I'm really excited about the guest that we have today. Ashley has not been on Thoughts and Coffee for a little while. She's been very, very busy. But I can tell you she's got lots to share. And I cannot wait to hear more from her. But before we do that, let 
let's um, let's talk about our sponsor of the show. So say you're at work and all the lights flicker and then go out. You try to move and bump into something. You turn and bump into something else. You just can't work like this. You need to be able to see what's happening. Well, this is how your inventory feels. Fastenal has unique inventory solutions that sends data to the cloud and helps you avoid stockouts while not carrying excess inventory. Don't stay in the dark. Let Fastenal shine a light on the parts and supplies that keep your businesses running. Go to fastenall.com forward slash LTSC to see how they do it. All right, let's talk about what is happening with Let's Talk Supply Chain right now. So we've got a brand new episode. I can't believe it, but it's episode 374. And I'm talking to Bill from Gaines. And we're talking about how to achieve supply chain optimization in record time. Now, this was a great conversation. Bill has a lot of knowledge. He's been in the industry for a long time. And we really get to understand the impact that they're making on the industry and what they're putting out there. And so if you've got a challenge within optimization, Go and check out this episode. See if Gaines is the right fit for you because we dive into who they are, how they help their customers, um, onboarding, all the questions that you might have when you think about supply chain technology. And next, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but I had a brand new episode of The Monthly Hustle come out. Now, this is my LinkedIn newsletter. It's talking about World Kindness Day. It also came out on my birthday. My birthday was yesterday. We went out in Atlanta and had some Fun. I want to give a shout out to Lisa Jones because she made my birthday very special by bringing me some balloons that I still have up in the room, which is kind of fun. So if you haven't read it, go and read it. We're talking about how to be kind in the workplace, which I think is really important right now. And then on Friday, Eric Johnson is going to go live for LogTech Live, and he's talking about drowning in supply chain data lake. Now, who isn't drowning in, in supply chain data? Um, and I can see Ashley nodding her head in the backstage. So go and check that out. Um, click the attend button, whether you can attend live or not, and we will send you the recording so you don't miss out on any second of that. What else have we got? I think that's pretty much about it for now. I do want to give a shout out to um, Audrey and Brian for hosting Thoughts and Coffee last week while I was in San Francisco for the Bloom Conference. So just want to say thank you to them. All right, without further ado, let's bring up Ashley. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Good, Sarah. How are you? Happy birthday. So thank you. And so what's happening, Ashley? I know. Busy. I know. Well, I think when are we not, right? When are supply chain people not busy? Um, end of year, right? For us retailers, we're in the thick of um, seeing our, you know, biggest time of the year promotions coming through and um, things get busy for us. So yeah, but I'm glad I'm here. Glad Me I'm here. too. So for anybody who doesn't know who you are, tell yes. them who you are and what you do. Yes. Hi, I'm Ashley Jens. Um, my average sleep IQ score is a 75. And if you don't know what that is, you should go to our website, sleepnumber.com and find out um, how you can monitor your sleep. Yeah, down in the banner, down in the banner, we got 50% off. Talk about uh, Black Friday deals. Um, 
I, um, I'm the vice president of supply chain strategy and material flow at Sleep Number. Essentially, I am in charge of anything that moves from supplier into our customer markets, um, as well as just identifying, you know, trends and what we're seeing uh, to really try to pivot our strategy to really deliver shareholder value and margin back to our company. So that's who, that's who I am. I love that. And let me tell you, if you delivered to Canada, which I'm hoping that you're working on at some point, <laughs> I, know, I, know. I would take advantage of your Black Friday sales because I want to know what my sleep IQ. I can tell you last night it was probably very low because I could not sleep. Well, yeah. And hotels, man. Hotels are the worst. Well, so I have this white noisemaker. <laughs> Good. Because I'm like, I don't want to hear everybody else out in the hallways at all times of night. So I have this white noise maker. <laughs> and then I also have this essential oil diffuser thing. Right. Yeah. So I do come prepared. I think like half my suitcase is full of gadgets. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Just That's because great. I travel so much. Yeah. Make sure you have a dark room. Make sure you're not on your phone about an hour before you go to bed. I mean, these are all things we can do to get better sleep. Well, and the other thing I do have to give a shout out. I've actually told this to people and they have sent me a message to say that it changed their life. So you need to get a sleep number bed, first of all. But second of all, yeah. a nod pod. So it's a weighted blanket for your eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can see that. Thing ever. They also make like weighted dinosaur pillows. I don't know. They, they weighted is good. Yeah, it's good to feel secure. Oh, this thing, yeah. and it just sits on your eyes, and even if you move, it doesn't move. Oh, amazing! So go and check it out. It's a Nod Pod. <laughs> I have asked for an affiliate link because I talk about it all the yeah, time, seriously. but they haven't gotten back to me. So whatever, I cannot deprive everybody of a good night's sleep. So I'm just gonna let everybody know. That's amazing. Go and get a Nod Pod. Anyways, that's amazing. Uh, maybe we should move on and talk about the poll of the week. So the question that we asked everybody, how frequently do you update your personal cybersecurity measure, measures, measures, such as changing passwords and updating software? So 34% of you said regularly, 30% of you said occasionally, and 28% of you said rarely. Now, 7% of you said never. I was a little surprised about the rarely and the never. Yeah. But then I also start to think that maybe those are the people whose passwords are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Which, how do you even get away with that password anymore? You can't know. even, you can't, you can barely have the same password at every website anymore. There's enough security. People are forcing our, our hand here from a personal, personal yeah, security and then, perspective. And then you can't remember it. <laughs> so. No. Yeah. Then you gotta, then you gotta write them down, which isn't secure either. Um, yes, this is very what important. I think this is very important. It's a very, uh, we just went through cybersecurity month. Uh, I think it was last month at our company. Mm-hmm. And we, we have a few classes that are important, but they, they force us obviously at work to change our passwords pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but privately, they encourage us to do the same and also ensure we aren't using the same password on multiple sites. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I suggest for kind of, you know, password dummies like me, like I don't love this stuff. I hate it. I hate having to like memorize 100 different passwords. <laughs> Go into like, if you have a Google account, they will tell you if a password's been compromised or something and just be active and pay attention to that. So then you can go back and adjust your passwords as needed. Yeah. I am totally going to do that. I, and I was just at a cybersecurity conference a couple of weeks ago in Houston and some of the things like just blew my mind. There's a guy named Chase Cunningham who I interviewed. He's called Dr. Zero Trust. Mm -hmm. Oh. 
Oh, I'm back. There we go. Yeah, Dr. Zero Trust. So, so go and follow him because um, he's got all sorts of tips and tricks. We were talking about like LastPass and two-factor authentication and all sorts of stuff. And he's got lots and lots of tips. I actually have a call coming up with him because I have some questions to ask him. So yeah. super important. If you are using one, two, three, four, five, six, go and change that right now. <laughs> Um, and make sure you update your passwords regularly. Yes. And one, one of our articles actually talks about this. In 2023, like the freight industry saw a ton of cyber attacks and people mm. essentially finding out where your freight would be based on your systems and going and intercepting that truck. We, um, and that's like cybersecurity, even in supply chain, is vitally important. I remember, who was it? Was it Merce? Someone had a big cyber threat for Bitcoin a while back. There was, mm -hmm. you know, this is a big deal because as we know, if if our movement systems get hacked uh, and freight stops moving in any capacity, that causes yeah. recession, that causes disruption. So big, big deal in supply chain that we need to be paying attention to our cybersecurity. Yeah, one of the things and I don't know if I mentioned this that I learned at the conference that's really important is the response plan mm -hmm. and that everybody in your organization needs to understand what their role is and what the escalation plan is. Because yeah. if you do have a cyber attack at some point, I think you're going to have to bring in the, the FBI. And so when do you do that? And who calls them? And what does the C-suite do versus what does the board do? Um, the oh, other so part of it is if your systems go down, they were talking about how important it is for tribal knowledge. If you've never done anything manually, you need to have somebody on staff that knows how to do things manually so you can keep things going. Fascinating. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the whole... I don't know, I think people have experienced this in retail when your point of sale system goes down and people have to write uh, manual tickets, essentially. Right. Yeah, to, yeah. to sell things. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. Yeah. And so what's your response plan? What does that look like? What do you need to teach people? What do they need to know? Yeah. And then also part of that response plan is what do they need to look out for? Like, what is a red flag? Mm -hmm. And like you're doing all those testing and things like that, which does help with that because then you can see <laughs> what yes, problems. they train goes. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they do some really tricky stuff. They make it look like, you know, we basically do phishing. What Sarah's referring to is we, go, we do these phishing tests where they will create an email that maybe I would click on like a DocuSign potentially. Like it looks like a DocuSign. But yes. then if you read down further, it's not coming from anyone in my legal team. It's not. Mm -hmm. So you have to look out for those signs. And then we'll, we get little certificates if we... Um, we report it correctly. It's really nice. Yeah. I love um, it. Yeah, you're going to train your eye because they're only getting smarter. Um, it's that. true. You actually have to go into the email address. Yes. You have to look, look and see what that email yes. address is. Yes. 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 All right. Now, before we go to our articles, why don't you give a bit of a market update? Like, what are you seeing? Uh, what are you and your team sort of focusing on right now? What does it look like? What do people need to know about or think about right now? Yeah, what's fantastic. I think the last time I was on, I may have been talking a lot about strikes. We had a lot of labor movements in the supply chain kind of earlier in the year through UPS, through rail, um, through some port action. Um, and a lot of that has subsided at least right now. Um, mm -hmm. So what we're seeing kind of from supply chain is we have a little bit of easing of commodities, a little bit of easing of freight costs, but I think in general terms, most indices are saying we're kind of at the bottom of that, that as we kind of feel more pressure potentially from recessionary type things with higher, higher interest rates, 
um, we'll start to see more and more kind of capacities slip out and we're going to kind of see those all that stuff go up. So we're kind of preparing ourselves for that, uh, working on how to optimize our network to kind of take out costs while kind of our rates that we can't really control too much um, fluctuate, as well as um, we're, you know, just in the broader sense, um, we are, our industry is suffering, the, the mattress industry in a whole is suffering with these higher interest rates. We are highly connected uh, in the U.S. to housing turnover. Yes. Okay. Um, and when people aren't going and getting new mortgages, that our whole industry is, is going to suffer. So we are in a, in a point of where we're really focused on capital efficiency, okay. um, taking cost out, but also remaining you know, fully capable to deliver, but we're really kind of trying to understand what is it that the consumer actually wants? Let's mm -hmm. not over service the consumer. And then let's look at how we do things a little bit differently um, going backwards up the supply chain to continue to, to, to drive out costs, which is frankly our job all the time, but it becomes more specific mm -hmm. and more uh, urgent kind of in, in times like these. So that's, that's really what we're what we're focused on. Well, it does. And we're going to talk a little bit about that magic formula for supply chain in a minute. And that goes directly to what you're talking about. Now, right. so our first article is about the supply chain of the banana. Now, I have a very funny story about yesterday. So <laughs> when I travel, I do often buy groceries and I do it by Uber Eats. So oh. yesterday I ordered four single bananas. Uh -oh. I ended up with four bunches <laughs> of organic bananas <laughs> and it came in and I was like, what am I going to do with these bananas? Like, well, I'm only here for a few days. I can't I'm literally that. in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> and so last night at my birthday dinner, I brought three bunches of bananas. <laughs> Fabulous. Parting gift. It's a party gift. I handed them out to everybody. That's awesome. Who bananas at the table. That's awesome. I don't know if you remember, like at the beginning of the pandemic, when people were were ordering groceries online, I would go on walks and see boxes of bananas because people were getting that wrong every time they ordered their groceries. So it would be like free bananas. Free. But so you're not the only one. So I don't know if it's you or your or your Uber provider, but <laughs> but like that's that's happens, so 2021 so. why have we not gotten this right in 2022 <laughs> i know the bananas it's like come on do you think right. i need three bushels of bananas anyway <laughs> so this article is from yossi sheffy and i recently met him in person at dpw oh, i've had fantastic. the pleasure of actually interviewing him a number of times in the past and this talks about the supply chain of bananas so um he talks about the supply chain being input materials, equipment, and labor. He talks about in 2019, 21 million tons of bananas were shipped worldwide. So 48 boxes of bananas are on each pallet, and they're moved in reefers, which I don't know why was so surprising for me. But when I read that, I was like, oh, bananas are moved in reefers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a 40-foot reefer holds 20 pallets. And so you can imagine how many containers of bananas have moved worldwide uh, in 2019 to 2023. Um, and they do uh, everyday deliveries to stores, which um, doesn't really surprise me. But thinking back on that logistics is just crazy from start to finish. And when you think about a banana, it's already self-packaged. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. Right, like you don't have to package it. No, there's not a lot of material that you There's have. It's not to input put. material. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
And yeah. so um, what did you think about this article? I thought it was fascinating. It was a great way to highlight, like, honest, I just appreciate it as a supply chain professional. It highlights all of the pressure that we have to place on a process for you to be able just to stop in your local grocery store and just buy a perfectly right. ripe banana. It talks a little bit about the ripeness, the ripening, the ripeness and and that, you know, I didn't know this, grocery stores can request different types of ripeness and they essentially delay the ripening process mm -hmm. until that request is made and then they deliver it, which is so, that was fascinating to me. That's probably, mm -hmm. so it's really about, it's like delaying that value added service till kind of you're in close to your consumer, which was mm -hmm. an interesting concept. But really what it was saying is like, listen, supply chain wasn't a thing because we were all doing a really gosh darn good job for a very long time until the pandemic kind of broke everything and then people couldn't get a banana when they, a perfectly yellow banana when they walked into the store, mm -hmm. which just highlights like, so, so banana, we talk about very simple. The article even talks about how simple it is. Um, when we talk about like sleep number, for example, and think about the components that go into the bed and the raw materials. So for example, we have foam in our bed. The mm -hmm. raw material is literally like, we actually depend on oil and chemicals to make that foam. So right. if there is a disruption overseas on oil, there is a potential delay in that foam. And then line that foam up with, um, you know, making sure we have, um, we call it tick, but basically our fabric is coming in at the right time. We didn't mm -hmm. have any delays in, in dye or testing or any. Mm -hmm. So there's all these complicated movements. And generally for most supply chain people, it's global. And you have to be monitoring those interruptions everywhere just so you know, um, my mom can walk into a sleep number store, order her bed and get it delivered to her house when she when she needs it right into mm -hmm. her bedroom. So there's just the complexity of supply chain is so overlooked. And I think what we all got a boost from um, uh, during the pandemic is people all of a sudden started caring about it. And what I'm just really hopeful for and some of these articles that we're reviewing today, most of them had a theme of disruption is not over. It is actually constant. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that businesses really hear that and understand the complexities and understand that like at any moment, something could go wrong here, which is a huge disruption to your consumer. Mm -hmm. Like I'll give you an example. I feel like it took sleep number a while to even recognize like, oh, we're going to make these decisions. Okay. Well, we have to buy it, make it, mm -hmm. assemble it, and deliver it to your customer. That's that's all like that's all value added work yeah. that we're managing. The rest yeah. of it is just getting the customer really honestly into the store. Mm -hmm. So like that's that's the, the appreciation that I think this article kind of brings out is like we we operate in some complex environments and without us like people people just wouldn't be able to get what they wanted when they wanted it. Now I do think the world's changing a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I I walk into more and more stores and there are things not on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's like a balancing of that consumer expectation and inventory and flow and all like people are trying to figure out the right equation, mm -hmm. but it is less like um, truly uh, before it was so instant gratification with the flow. Of it material. was. And I feel like we're backing yeah. off of that a little bit, which mm -hmm. I don't think is a bad thing. Um, good thing for us supply chain people, I think, but like hard to balance with the consumer. 
Well, and it takes us into our next article. But before we do that, Yossi talks about the magic of supply chain being, and he has a new book out, by the way, how much supply chain professionals can do with limited time and limited budget. And that is the magic of supply chains. And so if you're talking to people within your organization, the C-suite, you know, talk about the magic, talk about the magic formula of what your supply chain teams bring to the table. All right. Let's talk about the second. So this is a very long article. Just going to warm you. Yeah. But it has a lot of great information. Um, it talks about the three investment for retailers being agility, sustainability, and visibility. Now, I want to get your take on this, Ashley, because I've been talking to a lot of people about visibility. And they're actually looking at orchestration and planning over visibility, which is exactly what you just talked about. So how do you feel about those three? And then we'll just sort of go into some of the examples that they share. Yes. Right now, specifically, I think we are more focused on orchestration and planning because without that orchestration, we are going to inevitably end up in waste. And I think why people are focused there Mm -hmm. is post-pandemic, we all had a blip and then we're kind of seeing that blip fall back down. And now we have this inventory that relatively is unproductive. And I think people are saying we got to get better at understanding when these like kind of what's going to happen on the other side so that we can plan better and basically manage our assets better. I will say, however, and this kind of relates to the um, Logitech Live, the data lake information, Mm -hmm. visibility, if we think about agility and flexibility, which again, if we are living in a constant state of disruption, we have to be agile, we have to be flexible. We have to have the ability to see changes happening in real time. And that to me is what visibility is and kind of this movement into digitization and connecting core systems. Mm -hmm. One of our other article talks about the promise of AI and new tech out there. Like I'm waiting... (laughs) We have to bring this data lake together. We have to work together to integrate all this data so that we can see changes in real time. A real example of that in our business is we are a fully integrated company, which we control retail all the way up into sewing the cover. Mm -hmm. I should be able to extract data from in the store of active searches, active leads, and be able to plan my inventory better and my processes better all the way up the supply chain, including giving a supplier a signal. I don't know that anyone does that truly to its most capable point. point, And it all has to do with this kind of like non-connected systems and this Mm -hmm. data lake that we have to bring together. And that's, I think, what we're trying to solve when we're solving for like visibility. Um, Because we need that. We absolutely need that basic lever for that flex, that I I use flexibility, but agility um, item. We have to be able to see things change in real time so we can be more agile. And addition addition to agility and flexibility is actually taking time of reaction out. Mm -hmm. So if I'm right next to my supply, and this goes to some of our predictions of 20, you know, in 2024, if I take some of my suppliers near shore and they're only an hour from one of my distribution points, I should be able to react faster if there is an interruption right? Um, than if it's overseas or, glo- you mm-hmm. know, going to take me a hundred days to react. Yeah. So, so those are the things I think, those are the themes in my head that really popped out for mm-hmm. us in 2023 and continue to be the focus in 2024. But with mm-hmm. all of that work ahead of us, to your point, we're doing it with less budget. Yeah. You know, less, less investment, less mm-hmm. time. So like, this is where we really have to think about 
priority and long-term rather than just short-term in yeah. our planning of strategy and supply chain. It's so true. Now, just quickly on this article. So they talk about agility being fast reaction and availability, like you talked about. Mm -hmm. Sustainability, they talked about preferred transport options, first attempt deliveries, which I'd never heard before. Yes. And also adjusting packaging. And then visibility, they actually gave an example of uh, John Lewis spending 100 million pounds with Google Cloud on digital transformation, forecasting, and ops planning. And I thought that was interesting because I saw um, a presentation by Google at the conference last week and they were talking about generative AI and they were talking about video, audio, coding and how that's going to affect supply chains. It was fascinating. But anyways, it's time to get to our last article because we've only got a couple of minutes to yeah. talk about it, which we did predict. <laughs> Before we started the show. Planners. If anything, we know. We know what's going to occur. So this article is pretty, uh, pretty cool because it talks about the failed 2023 predictions and trends to monitor in 2024. So they said a must have in 2023 and going into 2024 is the change management. Because like you said, disruption is here to stay. Everybody needs to understand how to manage themselves and their team in a disruptive environment. Um, they were saying that leaders are wary of new supply chain technology. That happened in 2023. They want to show me. And they also were like, AI didn't take over in 2023. So where exactly are we? They said cybersecurity was exactly as predicted. Lots and lots of freight theft. We've already talked about that on the show. They said recession, not yet. So what did you think of some of these things? You've already said, you know, some of the, the top things that you and your yeah. team are thinking about for 2024. We definitely experienced, like, I think the things that didn't come through are right. I think the AI and machine learning stuff is so dependent on where you are as an organization with your data your AI and machine learning is only good at your data. So mm -hmm. for us, from a digitization strategy, we're focusing in that area to leverage those type of technologies. Otherwise, to the article's point, it kind of over-promises and under-delivers. And we're looking mm -hmm. for real value when we kind of turn on some of those features in different areas. And we are using those features in different tools that we leverage. However, I think we could just, like, to kind of the things that have been dangled in front of our head with AI, I think we could get even better and away from, like we talk about this change management, we're having a tough time kind of adjusting from business as usual to business as like urgency. We have to improve, we have to mm -hmm. develop, we have to do all these things. And I think with AI and machine learning, more of our jobs will be focused on the change rather than the the actual inputs. Right. Um, which to me, like, means more smart work, more thoughtful yes. work, mm -hmm. less um, kind of data, you know, just p punching buttons to get things from here to here. Because yeah. that's what supply chain needs. We need more brains. We don't yeah. necessarily need just um, punching buttons. Yeah, um, and more time. We need more time. more time to be able to think about those things. Yes. I think that's what 2023 kind of showed us, right? Yeah. Is that we were so crunched by COVID and everything that happened with that. 2023 was kind of like, okay, where do we go from here? But we didn't have enough time to be able to figure that out. And I think that, you know, moving into 2024, we need to give that time back to our teams. Yeah. So some of the things that they're saying to watch for 2024 is again recession, which is really weird to me. Onshoring and nearshoring. Um, it's an election year. So yeah. be careful. 
Yeah. And uh, and emphasize the uh, emphasize talent in your organization or in your supply chain teams, which I think really are kind of true going into that year, because all four of those things are going to affect what we can do. All right. Yeah. So this is where we're going to be. So I'm at the Woman in Supply Chain Forum this week. Again, Eric Johnson is going to go live with LogTech Live on Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Click the attend button. Even if you can't attend live, I'll send you the recording. And then Manifest happens in February, February 5th through the 7th next year. And that is in Las Vegas. If you haven't gotten your ticket, you definitely need to get your ticket. I'll be there. It's a great show, and Ashley and I finally get to see <laughs> each other after years and years and years. I know. Well, well, Ashley, as always, you are such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And for everybody in the audience, thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next Tuesday, where I think I've got Fastenal coming on the show. So awesome. that'll be fun. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate right. it. Bye. Bye. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com and check out the latest. We've got a search bar so you can put in a keyword because if you have a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had the solution on our show. So use the search button. We also have some filter options as well and find the solution. Go and listen to them, what they bring to the market, whether you're their ideal client before you even get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week when I'm going to be joined by not one, but two special guests for the very first episode of 2024. Katie and Alex from Relax will be joining me and we'll be doing things a little bit differently. In the first half of the show, Katie will be telling me all about her recent Woman in Supply Chain Award win, her experiences as a, as a woman in the industry and her career journey. And then she'll be joined by Alex to talk about Relax and what they do, the challenges in retail supply chain and putting sustainability at the heart of everything they do. Now, it's going to be an absolutely jam-packed show, so make sure that you do not miss it. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, over on TikTok as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. We also have some really cool merch on letstalksupplychain.com as well. So go and check it out. We've got something for everyone. And if you're looking for a community to be involved in, we have created the Secret Society of Supply Chain, and we have a group for you. 
We have the supply chainers with exclusive content and online networking and bringing the community together over best practices from some of the top supply chain leaders. Then we've got a virtual monthly meetup for women in supply chain that you're not going to want to miss. It's professionally facilitated. We've got some kick but facilitators. And we are definitely bringing women together on a regular basis in supply chain for personal and professional career development. Plus, we've also got a monthly meetup for marketing professionals in supply chain. We're running mini focus groups. We are bringing in experts and that one is led by me. You do not want to miss out on any of those. So go and check that out at letstalksupplychain.com. And remember, as always, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.